Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Unboxing the Tarot. Today we're going to be diving all into the Lovers card, which is actually the card for 2022. So correct me if I'm wrong, Alyssa, we're going to do kind of like almost like a collective reading while also diving into the card at the same time and just kind of like get a feel for the year and set intentions with the cycle of the year. Yeah, like a little bit of a historical deep dive as it relates to the card and then um, pulling common themes from the card to relate to 2022. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I guess, well, this is a good way to do my introduction because my name's Mal, my pronouns are she and they, and I'm really passionate about helping people connect to the cycles and the seasons. And one of the big parts about that is I really believe in like working with your inner seasons and cycles as well as the ones outside so for example you know if it's spring outside you kind of work with that if it's winter you're not gonna go surfing in the winter that kind of stuff I know it sounds simple but I really do believe in that energetically too so I'm really excited for this episode because we're gonna kind of get into like the energy of this year as it pertains to the tarot and how to work with that energy because I just feel like there's this idea especially within like the culture and society all the big words that we live in <laughs> and um a lot of it has to do with this idea that we just always have to be constantly on and the same and consistent but I really do think like when you work with these cycles and seasons it really yeah just helps you kind of connect to the ever small flowing changes and energetic shifts um but yeah that's my long extended mm -hmm. intro if you want to introduce yourself and I'm Alyssa. My pronouns are she and her. I am a poet, writer, intuitive tarot reader, and I really like to melt the two wor worlds together of intuition and creativity. I feel like the more we kind of tap into either, the more of the other one wakes up within. Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Stepping up your game. I've been That's writing today. I don't know. No, the, the like poetic brain is coming out. That's so cool. Yeah. I actually just listened to a podcast where they read out their like old 13-year-old Tumblr Poems, oh, and I was like, yeah. we definitely need to do some cringy shit like that in the future. If you guys want to hear it, let me know. Um, but kind of speaking of that realm, we are going to be hosting an event next week, which is technically this week for you guys listening because we do record a week ahead of time. And so that's going to be on Thursday, January 27th. Is that correct? Yes, Thursday, January yeah. 27th. Yeah. So it's going to be on the Thursday, January 27th at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. And it's a sliding scale donation. I believe it's $10 to $20, whatever is accessible to you. And it's going to be all about working through creative blocks using the tarot. We're going to talk a little bit about creative blocks, how we've kind of dealt with them, what we've felt about it, being very open and real about that, and using how we can use the tarot to work through those blocks and do a little creation session. You guys can keep your cameras on or off. If you can't come live, you can still access the replay and still join and reap the benefits of this little class. And we're going to do even a sharing session at the end, optional once again. And yeah, we're also doing some events this week, which we'll have passed once you guys are listening. But Alyssa is doing a really cool poetry night, which you can expand on a little bit because I know you do them pretty regularly. And I'm also going to be doing a lunar cycle gathering according to the Celtic year as much as possible. I'm going to try to commit to the year, but your girl just accept a new job. So we'll see about that. But it's going to be very chill, just like for the lunar cycle gathering. It's just going to be like a community space. You guys can learn a little bit about the tree cycles, the plants associated with it, crystals associated with it. 
do some art creation and journal prompts surrounding the cycles and just chat with people. And I just, I really miss like actual online true gatherings. It's going to be on Skype. So less traumatic than Zoom, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it's just going to be a chill time. We're going to laugh, make some jokes. And uh, anyone in our highest tier for our Patreon actually gets one free event per month. And we're going to be doing quite a few events. So if that's something you want to get on top of, or if you just want to, you don't have to be in our Patreon to get the event. That is just something that you get as a bonus for free. If you do join the highest tier, we also have two other tiers. We have three tiers in total. You can access bonus episodes, extra content, really cool creative stuff. We do a monthly zine that's going to be coming up soon. Lots of cool things. Um, Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about your poetry event that you do? Yeah, I did a story on my Instagram today of all the events that are coming up, and I felt like I had to be like, okay, number one, number two. Yeah. Like, I felt like there was so much coming up. Um, but the poetry nights um, are open mic nights. I host with Kayla Jane, who is at Alchemy of Writing, alchemy.of.writing on Instagram. And this is our fourth event, and we've been planning to do it monthly. So, if this is something that you might be interested in, but you missed this one, like keeping an eye out, ear out for the next one. Um, it's a really just awesome, cool place where we can share art um, if you feel called to. But if you also just want to join and be a listener, we have people that just listen. Um, there may be days where you just don't feel like sharing or you just want to soak up some art. And we really try to cultivate that environment for you to do that. So it's been yeah. everyone that we've had has been really, really awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. I've attended a couple of them when I first joined. I just pulled up some poetry from early on in my uh, university years, and it was really impactful to read it out loud. I definitely cried. But then there's been times where I've joined and I'm literally sitting on the couch, like hermiting, just listening in, literally like so chilled that like it's nice that you guys can kind of pick how much you interact. And I'm also very excited for this one because I finally have some new poetry to share. So I'm so excited to hear. <laughs> My little imposter syndrome just. <laughs> Do you want to read our mailbox moment for today and then we'll get into the the goods? Yes. Okay. It's a it's a pretty long one. Oh, it's a quick plug our, for people who want to join our Patreon. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash unboxing the tarot. We might stitch that in. We might not. Might just continue on. But yeah, yeah. this is um, from uh, one of our patrons. Our uh, mailbox moment. Our patrons. Our patron. Isn't that uh, like a thing that like, like, isn't that like a type of alcohol that like people would say they're like, <laughs> the patron or like, I don't know. Patron. Patron. <laughs> The patron. We should call our our, our Patreon make, members patrons. We should just Photoshop everyone's faces to the patron. What is it? Patron. Patron bottles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my That's god. Funny. Okay. All right. So this is from Kieran. And Hi, Kieran. Says, Hello, Kieran. <laughs> We're so excited to read your note. Okay. So he says, "Good morning, Mel and Alyssa." I had a total shower thought this morning while thinking about the cards I pulled from the deck yesterday. Dot, dot, dot. Since starting your show, I've been getting into the habit of pulling a single card each day to help me focus and set an intention. And yesterday, two cards flew out of the deck, the Nine of Swords and the Lovers. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like how We're fitting all being that- Yeah. Well, actually, that is very fitting that right? we literally chose the... Th- we- I didn't read this yet, so I- we chose the theme for this episode before... You letting yep. us know about the lovers. Lovers yep. just stalking us lately. Sure did. 2022. <laughs> yep. 
Um, okay, so it says, now, recently my anxiety has been bothering me and manifesting itself as not sleeping, but I felt like the lovers were showing me the problem, Nine of Swords, and offering the solution. While the lovers are easy to take at face value, I have always felt the card represented myself. The lovers being the sixth major arcana line up with me being a Gemini born in June. And go off, I've... Kieran. Okay, first of all, <laughs> go off, Kieran. The fact that you like know all this stuff, um, I feel like an imposter right now, just being like, okay, I host a show about the tarot and I'm sitting here being like, okay, literally go off. Anyways, that's iconic of you. And I've always felt like the lovers symbolize the duality of my personality, my sexuality, my masculine and feminine sides, and the divine power of accepting and walking the line between the two. I'm cry. That's amazing. I love That's that. so good. I know on the podcast you talked about cards stalking you, but I'm curious if you have any cards that hold a specific personal meaning to you, if you're okay to share, or one that isn't perhaps the usual interpretation of a card. Or even if there is a card in the deck that you feel represents yourself, similar to how I feel the lovers being, quote unquote, my card and representing accepting my Gemini self. Just wanted to add that I love the direction you're taking things. I find that every episode has me reflecting and learning and growing. (laughs) Thanks for helping. (laughs) We're going to have to take a pause and come back when we collect ourselves. Um, Thanks for helping to water my garden with good Oh my god, stabbing in the heart. I'm gonna cry. Wow, this is the nicest thing ever. I'm gonna try to read that. Okay, yeah, this is really nice. Thanks for helping (laughs) to water my garden with good vibes and grounded, honest reflection. Hope 22 is treating you both well. Send positive vibes and love your way. Okay, I'm done. Okay, okay. Like, also, I just, it's funny because I talked about. It's funny, Kieran. I'm going to address you personally and just everyone. Kieran, I literally have, like, I remember starting up the podcast and talking about volleyball and how, like, sports is a big spiritual thing for me. It just, it really allows me to be in the moment. And, like, I think I raved to, like, Alyssa about you to a spe- specifically, too, because I was just like, man, I just, like, Kieran's energy is, like, literally the best. Such a good person. Like, I just feel like we, like, connect really well. Oh, man, this just makes me really happy you sent this. And anytime I read anything from you, I'm like, man, you just make my day so much better. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear you're struggling with some anxiety and stuff. I also want to, like, rest assured you, you're definitely not alone in that. And also you have, like, so many people who love and care about you and are here to support you through this. Um, I've... This email literally gives me every single feel in the book like that empathy the like love reflection like so like good vibes but also i yeah so um yeah do you have anything to say about it first i feel like i need to collect myself oh man (laughs) i'm still trying to collect myself too um but i was thinking about like cards that i feel like represent myself or cards that i feel like hold a special meaning to me um and what was the other one um or if you if you have an unusual interpretation of the card. I feel like and that's like the entire show is us being like, yeah, this is our weird interpretation of this. No, some of them are, are a bit like on the point, but I feel like, yeah, I think that that's so cool. Um, yeah, go ahead. I think you were going to say something. So the um, the cards that I feel like have a special, like I hold close to myself. I was reflecting on this because I did read it um, 
before. Mel hadn't read it yet, but I did. Um, and I was thinking a lot about the High Priestess, which we talked about in our Patron Pitch Patron episode. The Patron. Um, <laughs> and I shared like how I've it was one of the cards that I first deeply connected to when I started my tarot journey <coughs> years ago. Um, and also the Queen of Cups, I feel like I have a really deep connection with. Um, I don't know what it is. I feel like it's it's me reflected in a card. Very watery, um, very emotional, very deep divey, very flowy, water element, yeah. Scorpio vibe. Um, and there was another one, which was strength. And we talked about that in our very first episode. But the lion to me is very symbolic. And whenever I pull the strength card, that lion really stands out. And I'm a Leo rising and I have like a, a lion half sleeve. So it's like lions are, they sit really close to my heart. Yeah. I would say like those, those cards would be the ones that hold like a very special place in my heart. That's so nice. That's really cool. I love hearing about the ones that really stick out for you and like the reasons why. Mm -hmm. I think that that's so fascinating. Like if you guys, anyone listening to this right now wants to ever send us like personal favorites or why you're connected to them um definitely do that i am just going through the deck right now because i feel like mm. i need to like sit with them yeah. um <laughs> there are so many i'm like literally taking them all out and i'm like uh which ones okay. i know i did the same thing but i was <sighs> like i only like i had to pare them down <laughs> there was like death need- tower <laughs> yes so when i think about the cards that like really stick out to me for the most part I think about the Rider Waite tarot just because I've been with it for longer I love using the modern tarot I think I'll develop that kind of relationship with them but because this deck's been with me since the beginning I feel like I've almost like it's like a relationship it's been nurtured for a bit longer um (laughs) I have so many in here um okay I'm gonna use the ones that stick out to me the number one for me is probably strength I don't know why I feel like it's also one of my best friends, her favorites, and I just form this deeper appreciation for it when she's not someone who's like really spiritual and it was really cool sitting with her. We had done some cacao was her first time and yeah, we just like kind of putzed around the cards and she picked out the ones that stood out to her and I kind of told her what that means, what I interpret that meaning for her, mean the fact that she was really attracted to those cards, which I think is kind of a fun way to equate someone with tarot especially people who aren't spiritual it's like it doesn't have to be so like down your throat love and light vibes like it can be just as simple as like i'm attracted to this piece of artwork and like here's kind of why i think that um uh king of pentacles after our episode i formed such a deep spirit this is like probably my number one like spiritual card i feel like it's very much like if i was a picture what quote unquote my highest self would look like if we're going to use that word it would be like the king of pentacles because the thing that stood out to me when we did that episode together was that it was like the ivy was growing all over him and as someone who's very celtic based i want this weird to say that celtic spirituality based and celtic myself um there's a lot about like trees and plants and the lunar cycles which i've talked about quite extensively and the idea of like letting spirit come to you versus always chasing something was like a huge uh, I remember that revelation like uh, we were like yeah and my energy (laughs) just anytime I spend time with this card it just shifts and yeah I spent a lot of time with this card it was always kind of on my altar so I think that's like my number one card now after that episode um one I've developed 
I kind of, I didn't, the recipes aren't really in any particular order, but they all have kind of meaning for it. Um, one I've been attracted to over the past, since like September-ish, was the um, Nine of Pentacles. Let me see if I'm right. Three, six, nine. Yes. <laughs> I always get worried about that. Nine <laughs> of Pentacles. I kind of developed like a new attraction to because I did a reading actually for someone else that I didn't know. And I don't know what it is. I just like the art in this is very attractive to me. I can't. It's one of those cards that's kind of eluded me in terms of messages. Like it doesn't feel constant. I would be curious to know a little bit about what you interpret this card to be, but it just feels very like not con just not like a constant. Like I see this person with the bird and like tending to almost like the grapes, which I think about the vine cycle. And I think about just like, it looks like there's like this tower in the background. It reminds me a lot about where I'm living now, which is Kelowna and like kind of the wineries. I don't know why, but mm. um and it actually was really cool because I did that reading. I think it's just like I, one of my favorite readings. I did this reading for this girl. It came up. I was talking about this winery and blah, blah, blah. And it, she had actually just moved to Kelowna to work at a winery. It was like crazy. But anyways, um, spiritually connected to a weird one. But especially after this winter and wintering and starting to learn to embrace winter, the hermit is a big one for me. I feel like once again, not everyone's favorite card, but I kind of feel like I have a new appreciation for it because I just feel like it's a lot about embracing that season you're in. One of my favorite positive cards is the um, Four of Wands. It just feels like almost like this is quote unquote the goal, but it doesn't feel like gold doesn't match this card, but it just feels like that energy of like you finally, all those things you've been chasing for so long, if let's say you chase a goal and you meet it, but you don't feel that like happiness, it's like this represents the genuine happiness you can have from something in your life. And then last but not least, I just, um, once again, this kind of appreciation for this card came up through reading, I think the same person um, is the two of wands. It just reminds mm. me a lot about like balance. There's kind of like the element of the berries and it reminds me a lot of Kelowna and like he's holding the world. And to me, this is a very significant one. Reminds me of my first tattoo I got, which was um, like a world map. And everyone's like, are you going to fill it in? And I was like, no, it's actually just because to remind myself that like there's a world outside of my own. And sometimes I feel like I get caught up in like my friendship worlds, my family worlds, what's going on in my current world right now. Um, and forget that there's a whole world out there. Like your world can change through like such a quick instant, whether that's like just going for a walk outside or traveling or changing jobs like your whole world can shift so substantially through like it's just anyways that's my little spiel on that I, love I think that. um oh and last but not least but um in terms of like one of my favorite spiritual lessons is the magician I really mm. love the modern version of it especially I just think about alchemizing and how even when you feel stuck you can make something out of nothing I love that. Poetry tonight on Unboxing the Tarot. <laughs> Snaps only. Um, Thanks for sending I, that in, Kieran. That's an amazing... I love that. Um, all these... Guys, you need to send us more submissions. These have been so I cool. I loved Kieran's so submission. Good. I love the dream submission we got in. I love literally everything we get in. So if you guys ever want to send us anything, our email is unboxingthetarot at gmail.com. I want to circle back just quick yeah. about no, um, no. when Kieran was relating the astrology to Gemini to lovers and I really feel like when you connect to your astrological tarot card that you can bring up like your soul lesson like you can really spiritually connect to that card so yeah. as a Taurus yours is the Hierophant 
right? Ooh. So, yes. yeah. So you're... Oh, you didn't know this. Did okay. I not know this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So Hierophant is your, like, soul growth card. Cool. So we talked, I like that. We talked, like, a lot about the Hierophant. We talked a lot yes. about the Hierophant in 2021. I think I did know this. I just, like, hearing it again, I'm like, damn, that's a badass card to be a right? <laughs> tourist to your, card. Yeah. Like, your whole life yeah. soul lesson. And mine being death. And death has also stalked me <laughs> yeah. as as with the tower, but it's all about transformation and like fertilizing and creating new growth from natural decay. Um, But yeah, it's just really cool when it'd be interesting for anybody listening that doesn't know what their astrological tarot card is, is to find what that is for them and to do a little bit of soul searching. Yeah. Are you, um, it would be too complicated to ask you to share with people how to calculate that or like find out oh yeah it's just you find um the tarot ruled by your sign so for me like if you just google like what tarot card is scorpio it'll yeah. come right up oh cool is so there a way they, it... they figured it out though like no it's did? <laughs> it's all symbolism on the card and alchemy oh, cool yeah. yeah um it's not like your year card so like yes. it's your your calculation but um you can also do by the ruling planet as well. So yeah. um, yours would be the Empress as Taurus is ruled by Venus. So you also have the Empress card in there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm so going to have to dive little, more into that. Yeah. A little bit of homework. Yeah. It's funny because I was never into typical astrology. Like mm-hmm. it just always kind of eluded me, but Celtic t- astrology to me, I'm like, this makes sense. So yes. I, I still am fascinated. And I'm very open to it. That's really cool. Um, the yeah. other part uh, so one thing I want to say, so yeah, for those who don't know, the lover's card is calculated by, we've talked about this in previous episodes, so if we're in 2022, it's like 2 plus 0 plus 2 plus 2, so then that equals 6. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> like, yes, that's right. <laughs> 2 plus 2 plus 2 is 6. Yay, math, it's so good. Um, <laughs> so that's how we get the lovers, because it's like the 6 card in the deck. Um, going back to the other part of this email, I just really wanted to like acknowledge Kieran and how he was talking about these different parts of ourselves and like the anxiety portion and like the spiritual portion and how there's kind of like that line between the two once again I feel like this kind of goes back to the episode about um the two pentacles kind of beyond the binary and how I feel like Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with ourselves like we as humans kind of like you've mentioned it's hard for us to like we try to create meanings through like words or just like who we are. And we talked about this in regards to the email about the dream realm too. It's just like, I feel like we are trying to find a way to like quote unquote box ourselves in, but it uh, without understanding that like we're very not to be cheesy, but limitless beings that I think (laughs) there's parts about ourselves that are like same thing with like God or spirituality or science, whatever. It's like literally things that are beyond our comprehension of how to like, box ourselves in and like articulate things and I think sometimes the way I feel about it is like I get anxious too and I think sometimes that when that comes up for me when we're in that realm it's just like oh this is all I am at this moment so then it feels like what if we never go back to being spiritual because it's like all that exists is this moment and these things can kind of worry us but I think just like almost like I love what you said about the lovers and that's why I'm really attracted to the, actually the modern tarot version. It's a lot like darker forces, which it feels like that's kind of what the lovers card is to me. And I feel like it's just like making 
friends with and understanding these complex parts of ourselves and not and knowing that that's not who we are it's just like a small web of this like very intricate like spider web of who we are and Mm -hmm. I think yeah I just really like what Kieran said and I can honestly relate a lot to that and I think a lot of times like spiritual people especially at least for myself like sometimes I feel bad being like oh I have mental health issues but then it's like because I'm like what if people don't think I'm spiritual anymore Mm -hmm. and like that part has kind of gone away slowly but I don't know. Is that kind of relatable, I guess? Yeah, I think Kieran figured it out in the email about, like, the problem and the purpose. And I feel like when he mentioned in the bottom, like, thanks for um, rooting us in grounded reflection. um, I feel like that's what the lovers was doing in that reading for him, was grounding him in that reflection. And he was saying, like, how it was, like, acknowledging all these different parts of himself. And I totally, like, everything, that, especially that part where he said... I've always felt the lover symbolized the duality of my personality, my sexuality, feminine, masculine sides, the divine power of accepting and walking the line between the two. Like if I could fucking tattoo that across my forehead backwards <laughs> so that when I look literally. in the mirror and I can read that back to myself, I literally would. That is like literally. the most beautiful. I might just screenshot that one part and like keep it on my phone background or something because it really just I really resonates to me. I think in a world that we're taught to be so binary, especially Uh, for people who are queer or like just walk the line between masculine and feminine even if they are straight all these different things it's like I feel like even especially for men it's like men you're taught not to be acknowledge your mental health you're taught to not be emotional you're taught to not really be spiritual it's like that's for white women only white straights the white Mm -hmm. (laughs) straight women Mm -hmm. it's like you know what I mean it's just like I think it's like a very I don't know I think it's beautiful that you wrote this to us and you actually chose to share it because I think easily you could have written this all to us like us an email and drafted it up but it feels like more is meant for you if that makes sense and I think um I'm really grateful that you still chose to send it to us and yeah I thank you for that that's really touched I'm actually like literally this is gonna make me emotional her Um, heart swelled three (laughs) times that day yeah uh yeah would you like to jump into you're going to be hosting for the most part. Yeah. So I'll be sharing um, a little bit about the history of the lover's card. And I also want to share three separate versions. There were so many. Um, I could have gotten just lost in the rabbit hole of lover's energy. So um, I went back as far as like the 15th century. (laughs) And I've mentioned a few times that, like here on the pod, especially that the lovers has eluded me um, for as long as I've been practicing tarot and I haven't <laughs> cringed. Really... <laughs> What's that? I said it, every time you cr- you've cringed in the past I've episodes. <laughs> which I've is cringed very forever. <laughs> but the historian girl boss in you has found new respect for it. So I'm excited to hear a bit more I about have. it. Yeah. So I haven't really quite grasped... Um, So I thought it was best to look way back. Like they say, like, what's the best way to find out where you are is to look back and see how you got here. Right. So let's travel back to the beginning of it all. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the earliest known Italian tarot card was called the Visconti. And I don't really want to get into the entire history of the Visconti and the the birth of the tarot card, but um, it's one of those relics that they find buried and they're like what were these like they were cards right 
So initially, they were the lover's card was commemorating an aristocratic wedding. So it's really interesting to think that perhaps tarot cards came from rich Italian people. (laughs) (laughs) Are we surprised? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as far as we could see, right? Like it probably, it maybe was before that. But anyway, it's just interesting that like what tarot has like morphed into today perhaps came from these Italian rich people. Do you know, so when were tarot cards found, if you know that? Do you know that? Yeah, so there it was the 15th century, like 1400, yeah. something like that. It was through the Visconti. They created um, a pack of cards that were commemorating this um, this this wedding. And it was actually a political affair. So they wanted the people, like the common people, to know what was going on in the rich house, right? So <laughs> tell me what's going on in that little fortress. Me, right when I go I'm, like walking in rich neighborhoods and I'm like, I want like, that one. Right? Um question, because I'm just yeah. acting as the audience and also yeah, yeah. maybe I'm just a little bit not up to speed. Um mm-hmm. so was the whole deck based on this wedding or just that card? The whole deck at the time Damn. was based on the wedding. Yeah, it's like to, to get literally next time I go to like a friend's wedding, I'm literally gonna be like, I literally required so much strength. It was like the nine of swords <laughs> to go through that. Like that was fu- no, I'm kidding. I, so was, I mean, like <laughs> it was it. different. So they were hand painted. Um, it wasn't like the suits or anything like that at this point, but they were like cards that were like symbols of the event. Cool. If yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yes. So then. Um, the cards got leaked out into the common people and then the cards morphed and changed from there because the common people wanted to get a little bit of rich blood in them, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I guess that's why, is that why you would assume that, like, people think about tarot cards initially, it's like psychic fortune tellers, maybe? That's the correlation of, like, telling the future and being rich and having a husband for the godly wives you know what i mean I mean, potentially but there was also um a lineage of tarot that was like european and it was traveling people who would like essentially travel like place to place and do readings and stuff but it's all kind of murky no one really knows exactly like the origin and it's just sort yeah. of like what we can piece together from random shit that's found right well ha- yeah we'll have to do an episode like more yes. on like the history of tarot and like what we can dig up and have discussions around that i'm gonna stop talking about this let me let me let you get to the point <laughs> even just from like researching the lover's card only i honestly could have been sucked into the history of tarot like i was like okay Damn. reel it back in like this isn't about the history of tarot but i just found it so fascinating that it mm-hmm. was literally from a union like a political marriage of aristocrats right that's crazy so that first lover's card only had two people on it and it was like a feminine looking person and a male looking person and um the people on the cards were actually just shaking hands and back then that was more legit as a marriage than a ring which I found was really cool. Like that was the union was the shaking of hands. I also (laughs) found on my journey that this like bride was like eight. (laughs) Oh yeah. It doesn't really surprise me. Icky. Um, Yeah. yeah, There's a lot of problematic shit throughout history. We, Mm -hmm. we, We are very aware. Yeah. So it was called love and it just represented the, the noble family. Right. Huh. That's so cool. So that was like the very 
true beginning symbolism of love. It wasn't the lovers. It was just love. And it looked like to be just a union, right? So then when the aristocratic card leaked into the common folk, they added Cupid as an image, which was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I did a little deep dive, just very brief, on Cupid. And just like, why would they add Cupid? I was just curious. And apparently he was known as Eros, who was a god who played with human emotions. And he was a son of Venus. Right? What does um, Venus have to do with, in terms of like, uh, what is it known for? Love. Fertility. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the Empress energy, very feminine, very abundant. Um, And the Cupid was usually blindfolded, which showed the blind act of fate. Yeah, and almost like I also think about how like, it's they say like quote unquote love is blind not the reality tv show literally (laughs) that's probably where it comes from because it's like you can't really help who you fall in love with and i think that's Mm -hmm. where i one of my biggest pieces of advice i used to think this was so profound and maybe it is but especially in high school and like kind of into early university i used to always say to people and to remind myself that we can like try and check boxes for like who we're gonna date like that's when i was saying to people i don't really believe in like saying oh I'm looking to date someone or I'm not looking because if you say you're looking to date someone you're just gonna find someone who meets the check boxes like oh they're mm-hmm. I find them attractive they're nice they're funny but those things don't spark a genuine connection that's just like someone you like as a person you can name list all these qualities same thing vice versa kind of when you say like I'm not looking for someone then you've like even when you meet someone you have that connection with you've like labeled, you've created these mental walls and mental checklists And so that makes sense where it's like with like true love, it's like me trying to describe true love. But you know what I mean? It's a, it's, yeah, it's so like, it's not that straightforward. It can be, you can think you're going to have to like be physically attracted to someone, but you don't. And I think that's where like a lot of these discussions around sexuality and stuff are formed too. Yeah. It's like, I love the idea of it being blindfolded because you have zero control over who you love or what, how you fall into love or out of love or yeah. whatever. And how the idea, happens. yeah, yeah, the idea that the the god Cupid was known to play with the human emotions, like how fucking confused are you when you fall for somebody or like blinded to the red flags or whatever? Because you're just yeah. like totally love struck, and I, that's yeah. probably where that saying comes from too. Cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so the, the common folk ended up adding Cupid. It evolves into the tarot of Marseille. And this is like a lot of people still have this deck. This is where like the OG tarot folk kind of know <laughs> a lot about the tarot to Marseille. Some people still read with it, but it's from the 17th cool. century. Um, and in this card, there's Cupid, the two people, and then another person gets introduced. So there's three people and Cupid. And... um. I won't get into it entirely, but there's a lot of tension within the body language in the card. Like there, there's a guy in the middle and he's kind of like grabbing one way and pulling another way. And then there's like confusion on faces. And it's just very like mysterious where people were saying like, what's the story here? Like, is it, is it officiating a, another wedding? Is it a mother and his fiance? Is it his girlfriend? Is it two women fighting over a dude? Is it two dudes fighting over a woman? Like, you literally can't tell what's happening in the card. And I think that it it shrouded the lover's card in a lot of mystery. Like, people were like, what is this? You know? 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a dude being pulled in different directions potentially, or like something, some choice is being made. And I think that's where the root of the choice comes in. It wasn't actually until the 1800s where the cards started to be called the lovers. That's so cool. And I think what you're mentioning about this kind of also the history aspect of the tarot and the evolution of the lover's card reminds me how even to this day, people make their own versions of the tarot. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's like white sage tarot, rider weight tarot, modern tarot, so many different tarots. And I just love this idea that like calling something tarot versus like an oracle, it's like really keeping this like ancestry bloodlines to one place versus oracle is literally just like sprawling whatever it's you just want like, yeah. yeah yeah well there were like italian tarot french tarot english tarot like i could have gone so much deeper but i tried to stick to just like the Lovers. ogs <laughs> the ogs <Yeah. laughs> um that's so cool yeah so then rider weight came in i think it was like 19 19- 50 or 30 or something like that um and that's where the lover's imagery shifted to more of that biblical garden of eden it was never that before rider weight and i looked into a little bit about rider weight because i was like who is this third you know i know that (laughs) i know that he he created this tarot deck along with um pamela coleman smith yeah, so I knew that Ryder Waite um, and Pamela Coleman-Smith did the art, and I knew a little bit about that, but I didn't know that Ryder Waite was part of a secret society called the Golden Dawn, and they practice alchemy, and that's where a lot of those alchemical symbols and secret meanings and stuff come from the tarot, was Ryder Waite. Waite. Sorry, um, I just I know. like I'm like I understand why people go down these fucking like conspiracy rabbit holes because I'm like, damn, this is so interesting. So you're mentioning this, and I'm just looking it up. So yeah, yeah go continue. I don't Sorry. think it was a secret that he was a part of the secret society, like Golden Dawn. Um, but at the end of I don't know if it was his life or gradually he started um, practicing more Christianity. So we get heavy, heavy Christian symbolism in the Rider Waite because of his Christianity. It was never really Christian before that. Rider Waite brought that in. So he went in a totally different direction when he designed his lever card and when Pamela Coleman Smith helped him design it as well. So he drifted into that Christian mysticism. So as I'm doing this research, I'm literally like, okay, (laughs) I I should be confused with the lover's card because it's gone all over the map over hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's never really been set in stone what the meaning actually is for this card. And I think it's just like we're inclined to see different versions and different images and feel different energies coming from it. And I don't think it's like it's not on purpose or it's not an accident. Yeah, it's definitely not a coincidence. Yeah. 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 I definitely feel like even that could be some of like what we've both kind of picked up with it where it's Mm -hmm. like you think the lovers and you're like blech like love like ew cringe and then you look deeper into it and like it's like damn i'm really really i'm not super into the um rider weight version but i'm Mm -hmm. really into the modern version like if i could like staple this to my 2022 i'm like hell yeah i don't really like the rider weight version but i mean i also think that obviously there's when you look at it, it seems very like screaming down your throat, Christian Catholic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously it alludes to, but I also think it's like you've mentioned, very like a lot more complex than that. 
Um, and I think that's kind of where you have to spend some time with it. Like we're trying to like actually be like, hey, we're resistant to this. Like, what is that? Um, and I mean, in the modern version, it's really interesting. There's like this like starry sky and the moon's like that like kind of like rusty yellow that I'm mm. obsessed with. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, there's kind of like this like bluish angel, which I think we're going to I'm going to ask you a question about that, which is um, I think you're mentioning like it's not really an angel of some sort which we're going to talk about um and then yeah it's like there's in this one it's like there's the two people are naked there's a white appearing woman a black person who appears to be a man and they're standing on the grass there's like a mountain really far away from them in front of them and then in the background is actually a city which that's mm. like very intriguing to me um yeah. but anyways very complex things so it's like there's like the nature aspect there's like the city there's like this kind of like very midsummer vibe mm -hmm. <laughs> like but yeah can you tell me a bit about i know you're mentioning this angel and how it's like the, actually like a third person uh that was in the tarot of marseille there was like three people and then cupid above them um yeah. but this is traditionally like uh archangel raphael which is a very mm. christian very angelic god-based being but through my research i realized that it's just cupid it's just like that the base of this card the the being looking down onto the humans is is like cupid rider weight like morphed cupid into an angel because of the christianity piece interesting right goddamn christians gotta get goddamn christian it's like old man getting men yeah so it was a very nuanced research uh, i'm leaving a lot out for sure but i could honestly just have kept going for like five hours so we need to reel it in here but yeah. um essentially like overall it's just like morphed over the hundreds and hundreds of years and no one really knows for sure so um yeah, that's, I it. <laughs> that's it yeah i drew out some common themes though from the imagery of the two people versus like three people and an angel versus Cupid versus the traditional writer weight imagery and some common 2022 themes would be love and all its illusions, love in all forms, um, values aligned. And I came across this um, belief that the ancient Greeks had about the complexity of love. And they believed that there was actually three words for it, which would be eros, which was romantic love, philia, which was love between friends, and agape, which is divine love. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't encompass the traditional lover's card i don't know what does like yeah it's like really broadening the horizons instead of like us speaking like ugh, like romantic yeah. love it's like it can be so much more than right? that i feel like that summarizes the complexities of relationships too yeah forget romantic obviously those yeah. are complex but like friendships are very very complex same with family relationships are like super duper complex um everything is like any type of relationship is really can be complex but i feel like especially friendships and family relationships and romantic are the big ones that stand out for me and i feel like that's kind of where this like gray line where people are like you know <laughs> there's so many things if you ask someone like what's your ideal partner someone's like falling in love with your best friend falling in love with a stranger da, 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 da. it's like there's not really like a check mark box 
check the box list you know what I mean and it's all right here like romantic love like these two people could be in love they could just be friends and there's also that divine love with the angel above like that connection to something outside of yourself right like it's all right there um there's also enrichment balance of forces which is what Kieran was mentioning um balance and connection and harmony between polarities um conscious connections duality everything exists that everything that exists has an opposite which is very Mm -hmm. very apparent on this card um seeing yourself more clearly through the mirror of another person and connection to self others and the divine i feel like i got the lover's card guys i feel like i got it yeah (laughs) yeah and i feel like there's so much I can say about this, but I feel like we'll have to do like another episode yeah, part or, two. A Patron, uh-huh. Patron yeah. episode where we like really get into it. Um, but just to kind of like tie this into 2022, I just feel like to me seems like very much like if I could summarize the energy I get from 2022 from this card, it's like that complex, same complexity of like family relationship, a romantic relationship, a friendship relationship where it's not so straightforward as to say like they're a good or bad person or I love them or I don't. It's like way more like a very deep web that's why friendship mm-hmm. breakups suck that's why family breakups suck that's why romantic breakups suck it's like there's so many complexities to it it's really not straightforward as to say like we have things in common or we don't and blah 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 it's like i just feel like that's kind of like that same there's no word for it but like that same yeah. energy for 2022 where it's like it's not so binary it's not so like uh check mark list or whatever it just feels a little bit more like you got to put that trust in like kind of like that cosmic source in a sense or whatever you want to call it like that trust or that surrender I feel like that's going to be it and you're going to ride the many waves of the relationship you have to this year but Mm -hmm. there's going to be light dark aspects obviously but it's not going to be so binary like that you can't just be like good or bad year I feel like we've been able to do that the past couple years we've been like collectively pretty shite um (laughs) but I feel like it's gonna be a bit more complex this year I think we're gonna start seeing things unfold in a different way i think complex is a really really great energy a great word to hold on to and also like connection to yourself others and divine like that trinity i know that sounds very christian but like connection to self others and divinity will be like a big lesson and kind of goal for the collective and when you're saying that i was like trying to find the word for it and i do think it's nuanced like i feel like this is just like yeah the whole thing <laughs> the whole yeah thing. it's it's all just like nuance you know what i mean yeah. and it's like yeah. okay well cool and that's like i think like what people tease like spiritual readers for it's like everything's so nuanced that you could go either way but it, it, like you know what it I mean? is. it's like you it either is. believe it or you don't <laughs> it's true but at the same yeah. time like yeah you're gonna pick up the little nuggets like you said that you do mm-hmm. you you're gonna put them in your pocket and then some you're just gonna leave and whatever but um yeah, I'm really like this makes me very intrigued. Is the word I want to use about mm-hmm. this year? It's not like hope or positive. It's like I'm very intrigued about this year and the r- way I'm going to go about that intriguedness. <laughs> no, that's <not> a word. <laughs> Intrigue, intrigued. <laughs> the way I'm going to go about that intriguedness is oh, that God. I'm gonna. I know it's not a word, guys. It's fine. I know. Um, just like just gonna- <laughs> perceptional. <laughs> words are fake anyways um but the way i'm gonna go about that intrigue is that i'm gonna go into it with like the surrender which i'm gonna steal your number one word from your top five lessons from last week's episode and say surrender and trust Mm -hmm. yeah because i feel like trust isn't quite it surrender is it because i feel like surrender kind of embodies trust it's like 
I don't just trust this. It's literally like it's a cosmic force that's outside of me and I can pick and choose kind of like what path I take of it from that cosmic source but not yeah this is getting very existential but you you guys catch my drift right it, it feels deep it feels like we're not really meant to know entirely about the lover's card exactly feels like it yeah. has that root of mystery on purpose and fuck us for find, trying to find out you know like, yeah, they're like fuck <laughs> off just more confused <laughs> yeah exactly it reminds me of what you said uh i don't think it was last week but the week before when we were talking about like a sign like that science is kind of like a form of spirituality or like God mm-hmm. is a form of thing that we can't like give name to and we're not meant to. Just humans are fucking so goddamn nosy that they need to relax. <laughs> um, as, as I say, as I'm I doing be the, the podcast about all this, literally. <laughs> humans are got so goddamn nosy. We still got to utilize the um, title from last episode. We are going to do a whole like manifesting 101 like breaking the fucking stereotype behind that because i think not the stereotype um we need to do like a whole expose about manifesting and why personally i think it's kind of built shit um but also like the um but the good parts about it that i think are kind of ring true but get a bad rap but anyways um yeah is there anything you want to say before we kind of close up I think that's everything. That's all I did <laughs> for research. That's it. Um, I didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um, if you have anything to add um, as you're listening or if you have any comments, questions, concerns, let us hit, know. Hit us, up. <laughs> hit us yeah. up. Send us an email if you have any feedback or just like literally if you want to share anything and everything going on in your life, uh, you send us an email to unboxingdeterra at gmail.com. I will say quickly before we close out, um, I'm not going to rename the lovers because I feel like it's just so nuanced. And um, but I will say that yeah, I'm going to go into this very like um, what's the word I use when I was saying like I'm going to go about this year very intrigued, intrigued. yes, intrigueness yeah. <laughs> with intriguedness. Um, and but I was also going to say the one thing which you can do this with any card, but I really want to say this before we close out that like I feel like if you spend time with this card at different points in your life you'll get such a completely different point of it because of that nuance like it's like you it's almost Mm -hmm. like if you have a color wheel and there's all these different gradients and and stuff like that it's like that's what it feels like to me and just depending where you are you're gonna pick up on different things like it's such a random thing to get from this card but I was just thinking about how um yeah recently I have been undergoing the process to get an ADHD diagnosis and I'm fairly certain I'm getting they basically like confirmed it I'm uh essentially getting that on thursday or the update about it and this just reminds me of like some feelings i've gone through through like learning a bit more about what being adhd means and like the neuro um typical like what is to be neurotypical and blah 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 there's a lot of that came up for me about this like i know this i never think this way about other people but like reflecting on myself i'm like oh am i dumb like what do you mean i'm not normal Mm. like like it's like you know what i mean it Mm -hmm. feels more like a personal attack to like no i'm not like neurotypical in a sense or like if i'm on a spectrum of some sort um but i would never think that way about other people but then when i think about myself like that's been coming up for me and when i see this card it's kind of like you know no matter what you're going through and stuff like that it's like that doesn't change who you are just because like some doctor lady or like not any offense to that but it's like some doctor lady calls you like abnormal it doesn't mean that like you're not human and you're not perfect as you are it's just like literally linear ways of like how for example like 
in society we're taught a certain way like it's like you go to school there's not really any accommodations there's like you can be one in two classes you can be in like the very neurotypical class or you can be in the like very slim class with like less people and Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's like um understanding that like not everything just because like society isn't catered to you doesn't mean there's something wrong with you and that's just such a random meaning to pull from this card but I just yeah I see that reflection with like almost like the two people it's almost like there's these cosmic forces can't explain it nothing wrong with it and like all these parts of you are beautiful and perfect the way they are even if you can't really put your finger on words for it and stuff like that I don't know if that makes sense at all or if that's just like a very weird meaning to take away from it but that's what I got I love that it's like you only feel like you're abnormal because there is a base of normal that someone taught you yeah like heteronormativity yeah which we talked about with this card too and like yep what the standard of being masculine or a boy is, is like mm-hmm. you're straight, you uh, you don't show emotions, you don't have mental health, like all these things that like, yeah, culture, especially Western culture and society teaches us. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm getting for this card. I don't know. But um, that's not the main point of what I'm saying. The main point is like, I would be curious to have other people like spend some time with this card at different points of their life even now and see what they get from it because if your girl's making an ADHD reach with this then I mean (laughs) anything's possible right I love going back to the very beginning meeting of the card which wasn't the lovers it was love and love in itself as a verb as an act as a feeling as an energy and I think that it's all made of love everything that's here essentially like creation is love and I would rename this like the mirror or love yeah that's no I think that that's perfect I agree with your consensus consensus I would say like the lovers (laughs) uh mirror or like love it also just reminds me of like the word like it just is and it's like the world around us and like the things and the people and the divine it just is it just like it's just it is you know yeah there's no there's no way we can describe it or try and comprehend it we just yeah, is, it just so. is. might yeah. as well not spend too much time going down this rabbit hole i guess <laughs> only uh, a couple of hours about what yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> only this hour or so of us talking but anyways thank you for leading this discussion it was very interesting if you guys want to share anything or everything um any reflections of this episode or any of our other episodes you email, email us at unboxing the gmail.com and also, if you'd like to join our Patreon, we do a bunch of bonus episodes, early access to content, lots of fun stuff. We've got our events coming up. Don't forget about that. And our Patreon's patreon.com slash unboxing the tarot. And we can't wait to see you next week. Bye. Bye. Peace. <laughs>